Nico. Yeah. Did you know in 1968, snitching not only paid the equivalent of 200k today, but also got your your own gas station to boot? Movie Tales. I'll have what she's having. Hosted by Mark, Jeff, and Nick. Round up the usual suspects. Three lifelong friends who all dropped out of film school because they all figured out they loved watching movies more than making them. Are you not entertained? Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. These cinephiles review and reveal widely unknown factoids, lore, myths, trivia, and cultural impact of the movie. Mostly funny. I'm your huckleberry. Sometimes serious. I'm going to make them an awfully game with you. Definitely interesting insight into the best movies we only thought we knew. He's looking at you, kid. Mark, what are we watching this week? Well, boys, we're watching the brand new movie. Judas and the Black Messiah just came out in the last year and just made available to most people in the last couple months actually streaming. And for those that don't know, it is a true story and it is based on FBI informant William O'Neill, played by Lakeith Stanfield, infiltrates the Illinois Black Panther Party and is tasked with keeping tabs on their charismatic leader, Chairman Fred Hampton, played by Daniel Kaluuya, a career thief. O'Neill revels in the danger of manipulating both his comrades and his handler, Special Agent Roy Mitchell, played by Jesse Plemons. Hampton's political prowess grows just as he's falling in love with fellow revolutionary Deborah Johnson, played by Dominique Fishback. Meanwhile, a battle wages for O'Neill's soul. Will he align with the forces of good or subdue Hampton and the Panthers by any means, as FBI Director J. Edgar Hoover commands? Dun-dun-dun! Nice. Well, boys, let's jump in. Well, not going to do a moment in time this week because our moment in time was literally this week. Yeah, the last um, three days. Instead, I'm, instead, I was going to wanted to get kind of immediate reaction since we know this is the first time any as any of us have seen this film. Nick, I'll start with you. Yeah. Uh, the immediate reaction is is interesting. It was hard to watch, to be honest. It was painful in parts, and I didn't love parts of the middle of it I felt that it was just a little too long and dragged but this movie definitely ended up delivering and was hurtful but it that's my initial reaction to it is right now is wow what a movie one of the best of the year but it dragged a little in the middle oh, interesting Mark yours I was my initial reaction was confusing so I immediately had to rewatch it the next night because it was kind of all over the place at points but I loved all the performances I loved the story I loved the wrap up at the end and <laughs> it, it, it was really well done it just there's a lot of things that could have made it better and we'll get into that but overall uh, I'm glad we watched it and I learned a lot so Kudos to you, Jeff, for making us go down this rabbit hole. I'm glad. This was a new one, and I think you put it on our list, obviously. And Nico, you pulled the trigger and agreed, so let's go. I think let's... the fun part was not knowing anything about it going in. We literally did this on less than a week notice, and I, I literally had no idea of the history. So yeah, even the end was shocking, you know, but we'll get into that in the favorite part. Sure. You go, Jeff. Yeah, my, my immediate reaction was it was kind of cool. It was a story. I knew a little bit about it, but it was actually a historical story I didn't know a whole lot about. And as you guys know, me being the history buff, I always love that kind of thing. And uh, it was very rewarding to me. I'm not going to do a whole lot of fact or fiction on this podcast because there's no need for it. This movie is deadly accurate. 
it's almost like at a 98% accuracy level. It's like probably the most accurate true story we've done. Um, so kudos to the filmmakers in that regard. Acting is incredible, but I'll get into a lot of that with what worked. That but... 2% annoying though, Jeff. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that too. Yeah. And that, but that's not so much as inaccurate. I know. As I don't know out. how I want to. I don't we'll know get, what we should talk about. I don't know we'll what get to categorize that. that, but we'll talk about we'll, it. We'll get into that in a little bit because um, we definitely talked off pod about that. Um, but getting right into it, um, what worked for you, Nick? Can I be honest? The best part of this movie is is the title. Probably one of the best of the last decade. I'm so glad you said that. This is one of the best titles in movie history. Yeah. Really? You're going to go that far? I'm not going to dispute any of it. Part of it's why I wanted to watch this movie was the damn title. How often How often do you get a title that tells you everything the movie's about, but doesn't ruin the movie? <laughs> well, I mean, you, that's funny that you say that, because you, I feel like everyone could argue that, oh yeah, I saw that movie. <laughs> what was it about? Oh, you know, the guy betrays the other guy. <laughs> right. Like, but it's just so perfect, and I mean, ever... Like, what, Way it was a great a title. It's a great way to title. take a metaphor for a story <laughs> and like insert it as the title. Literally, part of the reason I think I kept pitching this movie to you guys is I just liked saying Judas and the Black Messiah. That like rolls off the damn tongue. Keep going, Nick. I just I a hundred percent agree with you. I think the obvious answer that Mark's going to deep dive into is the acting too. And it wasn't. I mean, Daniel Kaluuya is going to win an Oscar for this, but. Like Keith Stanfield's just as good. Jesse Plemons isn't as if good. Not I, I, they're they're all great. Yeah, <laughs> they really going. are. Sorry. No, I mean this. That's what this movie probably celebrates the most. When you give us the list of the Oscars, I'm guessing a lot of them are going to be acting related. So I, I was just so impressed. And Daniel Kaluuya, he impresses me, man. He's got a lot of range. He I've seen him do. I've seen him do Black Mirror episodes. Obviously, Get Out was one of the best movies of the decade. Yeah. Did you and notice that he has a different accent in every single role yeah, he plays? right. And his real accent is heavily British. So I don't even yep. know how he makes that adjustment. And I, I guess was watching for the most an interview like, of him on Jimmy Kimmel, actually, an old interview today, in prep, in prep for this. And I was just having a laugh because his mom doesn't even give him credit that he's an actor, one, because it's not a steady paycheck. So she doesn't even... She's not even that proud of him. He, he's, he's, he's going to be holding an Oscar on Oscar oh, no. night, and she's going to be like, you should have been a lawyer. Yeah, right? And two, in Get Out, he just sounds so proper and perfect. And he, yeah, like you said, he has the most British accent. And in this movie, you can't even understand certain things he says because he sounds, I mean, like, he sounds spot on. Like, you can hear the speech they play in the background from the actual Fred Hampton at the end. That was a nice little moment they did there, but... I went and listened to a Fred Hampton speech, and I was like... Did this guy fucking become Fred Hampton? He, what he happened? Did. Like, he did, obviously. yeah, for sure and, he did. And, and he, he challenged his like... presence too. He's a very small guy. I mean, I looked it up. He's five nine, and he's just how he delivers. But he carries himself. Yeah, like, he does. He does carry oh himself. My goodness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's got a bright future for a long time, and I guess I he agree. started out theater acting too. So, which would had, make sense. Yeah, totally. I had down the story. Whenever a true story plays out like a movie, it just makes for very entertaining cinema, uh, and. Just the acting um, was, I can't say enough about the acting. Uh, in the, the oh, what's her name? I have it written down. The female lead in this movie. Dominique Fishback. She's amazing in this movie. She's incredible. She, she's so good. Her future. Uh, you want to talk about a bright future. Uh, we all know who Daniel Kaluuya is, obviously. I mean, right. if you don't, then you didn't see Get and Out. Lakeith and Lakeith Stan- Stanfield's, Stanfield's and, done and, quite a bit And Lakeith himself. Stanfield, yep. too, but... 
But yeah, this Dominique Fishback, she this is her coming out party, and I hope everybody gets to see this movie. I hope it just didn't get lost in the midst of the pandemic because she's she's I think she's great in this movie. I'm right there with you. Has she done anything before this? Uh, she's this in is, the Hate You Give. I mean, nothing uh, which I haven't seen. Um, but it's yeah, not much, nothing of no of real note. Nothing I've seen. Nothing I've heard of. But I mean, I, I think I'm, the most I'm famous movie is the Hate You OB Give now. that she was in. Um, but other than that. I don't know. Uh, Mark, what else worked? Anything? I just have in my notes for what worked the the four main leads. They're, all four of them are so great. And they're such great characters. They did a great job developing those four characters for me. And the story. What a cool story. I think it's... Uh, the. You know, I felt like we were watching The Departed. But a true story of it, obviously. And the cinematography was the picture. Was that's how they yeah, it was the, the pitch. Yeah, that's what you said. And, they, and the cinematography really worked for me. It, it, it really did. I, I love the way it was shot. So it's shot well, and it's uh, he's awesome. So uh, I can on. I can tell you real quick the, the acting part about Jesse Plemons. What just cracks me up in my head to hear you talk about how good he is. He's obviously going to get some medals on his podium, but we've always made fun of him, me and my friends, about how he's a broke man's Matt Damon, and here he is, right, doing better acting in the. But he works this, in everything he does as the broke yeah, man, Matt and Damon. He, he totally does, and it's it's kind of funny at first, and then you realize how good he is in everything. So, so his episode, his episode of Black Mirror is arguably the best episode of Black Mirror. And you've seen that one, right, where he plays the Star Trek guy? No. Uh, oh my god. Okay. I've I just seen which Friday Night Lights ever since ever since so ever since Friday Landry. Night. So I mean, yeah, I, I, Landry but, Breaking Bad. He, but then he's got a special place in my heart because it has it, just anyone that's in Breaking Bad. If you're in Breaking Bad, you just get a hall pass for life from me. So. Right, and that's the funny thing though. Maybe he's got a better acting career. <laughs> he's no longer a broke man's Matt Damon. But he's actually got a better acting career than Matt Damon. Because what the hell is he, Matt Damon? He's done arguably recently? had a better 2015 to 2000 or 2010s than Matt Damon has. <laughs> All right, favorite scenes, Mark. Let's let's hear it. Ah. Uh... Fred and Deborah, when she catches him reading this poetry that she's written, I I love this. I love the moment there when she kind of calls him out, like, "Hey, I'm pregnant now with your kid," and then he kind of calls her out and basically says, "Look, I'm about this movement, and can you dig it?" Basically, because I told you this from the get go, and this is where I'm at. And he held his ground, and then she kind of got it at that moment. It was like. Okay, I thought I got it, and now I really get it. I, I think is it was one of my takeaways from that scene. It was just a really powerful moment, and I didn't. It was a I super powerful. The poem was awesome. As good as Fred Hampton is in that scene, she's equally as good. I mean, as as good as Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, they is stand, they stand scene. head to head almost yeah. in that scene, and just back and forth. And it's did she get nominated? It's like a for this master class in acting. I, you know? I've got him right here. I'm sorry I did not have this memorized. Um, probably should have. I did not. The two male leads did. The screenplay got nominated. See, that's it's Highway Robbery. That she didn't you. get nominated. <laughs> um, the cinematography did, and the uh, it got nominated She's for so original good. song. Just her acting alone. How her is she not nominated? During, her she, her acting during the end when they do the raid on the apartment. Oh my god. Oh my god. Her, what about her? My there? favorite my favorite oh. scene of hers She's so is good. She's great. when he's up there speaking. And he says that basically he plans on dying for this movement. And everybody's like cheering. But she has that like 
quick reaction. She looks down at her pregnant belly. And then, but then she quickly joins in so nobody notices she's not cheering. But she pulls it off perfectly. Her reaction shots are so good. I'm right there with you, Mark. She might, dude, I, I might be moving her up the metal stand. I, she's, I hope, she's damn good in this movie. I hope this is the beginning of like a Demi Moore type run for her, you know, just really <laughs> solid. Nico, <laughs> um, favorite scene? I, I love the scenes uh, at dinner, actually, between Jesse Plemons and... Like, between Houston Roy and William? Yeah. That was my second scene, the restaurant, so where, where he's got to do the blueprint. My, that was the one that stood out the most, because they're all good, you're right. Which one did you... Was that your favorite one? of the? I think there's three of them. Uh, well, the one where he threatens him, basically. I, I thought they were all good, though. I mean, there was... It kind of reminded... Like, you mentioned The Departed earlier, and I'll get into that, too. But it, it kind of reminded me of the secret meetings. And I didn't understand why theirs wasn't so secret, but I... I love the dialogue that took place between great acting. Between I feel like they movies. were, and we just they it just wasn't an important part of the story to show us like how far away he went from the scene. We, I think they just figured we knew that he wasn't you know that dumb, but maybe they were. I don't know. And they're F, they're in the FBI. He probably maybe he has people, maybe he has people out front looking, making sure nobody sees him. I I don't know. I'm probably yeah. overthinking this. I know. Um, I hear you. <laughs> my favorite, my favorite scene was uh, when he walks into the Young Patriots office. Uh, the Young Patriots were the uh, southern, the southern poverty group that had the Confederate flag in the background. Oh yeah, yeah. And basically comes out and was like, "You guys were poor. We were poor." And it showed. I thought it really delivered on who like Fred Hampton was. First of all, the balls on the guy, like. Uh, just some balls just walking into that room and then and then he wins and just how like magnetic he was and how he was able to win over um probably a decently hard group for the black panthers to win over and the fact that it's and it, it's a hundred percent true and it's one of the cool little known facts of history too that one of the big misconceptions of like the civil war and the south was that like everybody if you were white in the south you owned slaves only the uber rich owned slaves were super expensive like only i like if you were like upper 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 middle class you might be able to afford one slave it was like the wealthy one percenters that had all of the slaves and pretty much the rest of everybody else in the south were they were slaves or they were in like deep deep poverty and they were sharecroppers and uh, just like his vision on, we have more in common with these people than they think. And just, it really opened up my eyes to how much of a unifying figure he was. And one of the things I really liked about this movie and one thing's like recently through the movie Chicago seven, which I've seen as well. And just my own historical reading growing up, I learned growing up, I was pretty much, we were pretty much taught that like the black Panthers were like, just like what was said in this movie, they were basically the black version of the KKK. That's literally how they presented it to us in history class. And now we kind of learn that, yeah, they carried guns around, but that's because they get their doors kicked in and shot at. It was like they pretty much had to carry guns around. And a lot of that we were fed was a lot of historical propaganda, which is quite upsetting to me. And it's just fascinating to see what the real Black Panthers were versus kind of that myth that was created in a historical context. Um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, I rambled. I, I, but I, no, I, I do agree with a lot of that, actually. They even use that line, right? They do. And it, 
it's I don't know. It was very powerful to me. No, and I think it's important. I think this movie makes you know makes an argument for people to do some research and open up your eyes a little more to what the Black Panthers are. Whereas, you know, you see like the Black Panther scene in like Forrest Gump, for example. Right. <laughs> and right. you're just and you saw that as a kid, especially when we saw that as a kid. I didn't we were even like, oh, think Black about Panthers, that, Mark. No, no this is one of my favorite bad. movies. How that Black must Panther's have bad. <laughs> Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. How powerfully that like affected. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably what, what it was. I mean, we, we all saw that movie at an early age. We were probably, uh, you know, 12 years old, I think, when Forrest Gump came out. But That's a great, great call out. Uh, so, that, that was one quotes. of the things I thought of, for sure. Favorite Mark, quotes? you have one. I want you to go first. Oh, I, yeah, I said... I have it written down if you don't, but... No, I do. I have it right here. Uh, Fred Hampton's quote. He says, this is, America's on fire right now, and until that fire is extinguished, don't nothing else mean a goddamn thing. And I thought it was a really relevant quote to the last year that we've had. Well, I was like, was he talking about... Yeah, when I, I, when I heard yeah. it, I was like, wait a minute, did we time travel to 2020? Yeah, and it was yeah. just... And I couldn't help it. I had to rewind it three times just so I could write it down on my phone. And while I was watching it and then I texted it to Jeff because I knew he had already seen this movie and I didn't know if you'd seen it yet Nick so <laughs> it, it, it was just it was just a really powerful line and, and it really spoke to me obviously because of the last year and here we are I like I like words are beautiful but action is supreme yeah for sure there's so many good lines I mean the line he has about uh, people in power I don't know the exact quote I don't know if either anywhere there is people there is power yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It's good. One a quick note on your comment though, Mark is um, interestingly enough, a lot of historians uh, compare 1968, which is pretty much the time that both the Chicago Seven and this film take place, mm -hmm. to the year 2020. They're both considered watershed years in history, meaning history kind of takes a left turn because so much happens in one single year, yeah. and a lot of historians have compared 2020 to 1968. Yeah, uh, 1968 being when Martin Luther King was assassinated. I know. When Robert Kennedy assassinated, the Civil Rights March, Vietnam War. All right, my quote was, uh, a badge is scarier than a gun. Uh, any black person on the streets, he doesn't say black person, but I'm not going to say the word. <laughs> any black person on the streets can get a gun, sir. A badge is like you got the whole damn army behind you. I like that one a lot, too. When he asked and, him why. And yeah. Well, and in the ghetto where like they're just constantly abused and just frankly beaten and shot at for the pull by the police, uh, they like what would be scarier in the ghetto than a badge? I thought that was just I don't know a really really good line. What getting moving on? What didn't work? All right, uh, Mark. Okay, go for so. It. There's let's let's talk about something before let's talk about before what didn't work because I like, feel like the fact it, or fiction you want me to yeah let's yeah do, let's do yeah. that Jeff let's do it all right so what what me and Mark are talking about in one of the shocking things I learned in researching this and they didn't really they didn't lie in the movie but they didn't really like tell us so the ages of these characters Fred Hampton was 21 when he was shot in his bed um. But so, so Daniel Kaluuya's character is twenty one. O'Neill and seventeen years old. The Judas character was seventeen years old. The when this special happened. agent informant was seventeen years old. 
So I'm reading this in my notes, and why did it stand out to me? This is why I didn't want to put this in what didn't work, so that's why I'm glad we're talking about it now. Absolutely. Because it's not that it didn't work, but it, when I read that, I was just blown away. I was just, just like stunned. Me too. It changed everything for me. Well, it changed because, my whole entire opinion of the O'Neill character. Yeah, for sure. And and just and Lakeith Stanfield's character is 30. And well not not his character. Lakeith Stanfield Lakeith is Lakeith Stanfield 30. is 30. So we're so, we're we're to assume he's an older guy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I just so then when I read that this this character that he played was 17 years old and that the, he played and the reason I was so stunned is because he played this character to a T. Like everything was super factual. Like all these events were super factual. So now yeah. I'm replaying it back in my head like this fucking kid got a car, infiltrated the Illinois Black Panther chapter, became head of security. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, what? <laughs> that was hard for you to believe. Old? And Which he's is... the rat? And he's freaking Damon from Departed? Like, what? Like, what is going on? And it's real life? <laughs> well, and can you like, imagine? And I mean, you kind of go through. The one thing that really does bother me a little bit is a lot of people are going to watch this movie and just hate Lakeith Stanfield's character. And that's fair. I mean, he does some shitty things. But there's a lot of context there with him being 17. That's probably important because, Nick, can you imagine at 17 being asked to narc on, like, the Black Panthers? <laughs> or, like, I mean, holy shit. Yeah. And then paying the equivalent of 200000 today, that's more money than that kid's ever seen in his life. How does he say? Like, what a shitty thing to put a... 17 year year old through i so I, I was telling jeff like one of the re- final scenes the restaurant scenes he comes in wearing that fancy suit looking all joe cool you know <laughs> and i told jeff i i said that totally makes more sense knowing that he was 17 than his because i didn't buy it with lakeith stanfield's character but i totally buy it with a 17 year old but this movie was all about being accurate which means he really did come in all Joe Cool. Like, that really happened, so that's why. But because it was Stanfield trying to pull it off, I, at the time, I was I was just kind of annoyed by it. I was like, what? And I thought like there could have been one line. They could have fixed that easily with one line. Like, one of the girls sure. could have said, Junior, how old are you? Yeah. Like, right. Also, yeah. the, yeah. Balls on, the balls on that 17-year-old. He was literally out impersonating cops at 17 and stealing cars? <laughs> God, oh like my they God. had a 17 year old do this our fbi that was their play and um, it's good but we still it's it's technically not confirmed right uh so yeah that that's the that, that's one like dicey part so the part of the problem with his characters has only ever been he's ever only ever spoken about it once and that was for that documentary that he then killed himself before it was before it ever aired after he did yeah, that was the craziest thing ever crazy for sure super crazy like totally nuts and the fact that he was 17 and he carried this weight on his shoulders he made it till he was 40 that's amazing he made it that long like holy shit that's a lot and then he knows that everybody's gonna see this documentary and he just couldn't take it and just boom and and oh my gosh i can't like what like so brutal like i feel so bad for this kid i do too I, that was that was my biggest takeaway. Weight. Once I found a, found out that this was a seventeen year old, I'm like, so the FBI took advantage of a kid, and then this kid carries this on his shoulders for twenty plus years, and then kills himself. And it's super interesting. I'm gonna go down a weird wormhole here, but it'll be very quick. But there's so much nowadays and stuff or whatever about like things like, like consent and consent with somebody in a position of power. 
And granted, this has nothing to do with sex, but like just being in the position of power, the FBI. So bigger than like the regular cops, like the biggest cops they are. And they're asking a minor who also technically you can't buy a gun till you're 18. And they're like, go carry some guns for the Black Panthers. We got your back. And besides all of that illegal, whatever, it's just, oh, just amazing. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, Mark. Uh, and, and because this, this story is so accurate. So let's think back to that scene where the agent is at the meeting undercover in the audience. And he's just staring at the dude. And here's this 17-year-old kid. Yes. And you're just like, oh, my God. I like, How do you not blow your own cover? Like, How are you not peeing down your pant leg? Uh, I mean, seriously. Oh my it was God. fascinating. Finding out that he was 17 just blew my mind. I'm telling I, you, it changed I'm my glad whole that concept you had that of the re- whole movie. I had that uh, just the same reaction. And the thing, you can't criticize Stanfield because he plays it right. It's yeah, just, yeah. I wish I would have known that watching it. And I, I feel like they could have said that with a quickly with a line. I don't think I there's really any way that if you, I don't think there's any way they can actually use Stanfield and play out that part of the movie. Say he's I, that's, that exactly. That I think Nick's right. I, that's, the, that's the problem. They don't want us to know that's that he's 17. Point. Because if they have a 17-year-old, we don't buy that story. We only buy that story after we know the story. And that, I mean, it's part of why, that's why I said it's not what doesn't work. That's why I'm glad we talked about it in Factor Fiction. Because oh, there is something that doesn't work for me. I'm just curious. Do we have any other Factor Fiction before we jump in? One, one real quick note that I just wanted to say is that, and this it's a fact, it's from the movie, but I think it's a cool fact, that the Black Panthers pretty much did create the free and reduced lunch program that's used across the United States today. They were the first wow. ones to implement it. And um, it's really credited. Now, fun little shitty historical fact to go along with that. When the Black Panthers first started doing it, the FBI would commonly raid, like you saw them do in the movie, because they would accuse them of promoting Marxist propaganda. Um, they were less concerned with hungry kids eating and more concerned with them poisoning their brains. Um, which, yeah, just wonderful. Um, what didn't work? I have a few things myself, but I know you have some big ones, Mark. So go ahead. Bell! 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 For me, it was just all the side characters. There was really no character development for anyone other than the four main players. And so I couldn't keep track of who any of these people were because they really didn't, we never were really introduced to them. For example, the other main person who gets killed in the raid. Like, I I couldn't even put two and two together. And maybe I was just bad at st- following the story. I don't know. But then there's, like, the guy that was in the trailer and then the other guy shows up and then the gun falls out of his jacket. Like, at one point I'm like... Who are these guys? Because they haven't really been introduced to me. I was me. glad I, I was know. streaming it because I rewind. I rewound a lot on this movie. And <laughs> I'm I not just, gonna lie. <laughs> I just felt like they missed out on some moments that I felt like these characters they have these big scenes and this character's running around. All of a sudden, you know, he's killing police and then he gets killed and you're just like, at the end of it all, part of me was like, I don't even know who that was. And then the other part of me is like, let me rewind. Like I had to like piece it together and figure it out because I'm so lost in these these two main characters. Basically, it was very choppy, and I don't know. Maybe that's what made it feel long too. Was that it was choppy? Maybe, and and maybe it's just because it's the director's second movie, and he's not as good at doing a movie. Like, well, and that's Martin what I was Scorsese wondering. The Departed. I originally <laughs> criticized the screenplay when me and you were talking about this, Mark. 
But I started thinking about it in the last hour. And I wonder if it's the editing. Like, I wonder if they could have put that together better, given us more reaction shots or more. Yeah, I wonder if it's how they put the footage together. You know what I'm saying? It's hard to know. I just, I, because on the I page, just felt like none on of the, the page, it might have had, developed. on the page, just, it might have had the characters' names and stuff about them. But if the filmmaker doesn't, like, to your point about the director, if he doesn't show that, there's no way for us to know. I don't like, know. I just, just I just felt like none of the characters were developed other than our the two main, main leads. But then they there were certain be, characters had that had parts. huge scenes involving right. the story. Right. So I was just kind of lost at, at certain points. Right. Nick, Nico, didn't work what didn't work? I mean, just what we just said about how choppy just made it feel. It felt like it dragged in the middle. And when we were approaching the finale, I was kind of excited about that because it was just a, just a little too much there, you know. Even though I don't, I really do agree. Like a lot of the scenes were exciting. But, yeah, no, I know what you mean. I, yeah. I get it. When you... especially at the rallies, yeah, at the rallies and the speeches, it, it, and so choppy. I, I feel like it could have flowed better. Yeah, I had a couple things written down. Um, I thought the score and the soundtrack were distracting, and I'm not saying the music was beautiful and everything. It was fine, but like. The what the choices they made during certain scenes. There were certain scenes where I felt like should have been super suspenseful, but they had an odd music choice with it, so it took away from the suspense. That's it's one of the first times I've ever watched a movie. I always compliment the score and say, that score makes me feel that emotion I'm supposed to feel. And in a lot of the choices in this film, I felt like it made me feel, it actually took me out of the moment. And that's the opposite of what a score is supposed to do. Interesting. So, so I have a lot on that later. So that's oh, you really interesting Ooh. on that, yeah. Um, and my other thing I had written down was Martin Sheen was a little over the top. And why is he playing Robert Duvall? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Mark got it. Like him. He just, <laughs> just and sounds like him. He looks and sounds like Robert Duvall this entire time. For some day. reason, he looks and sounds like old Robert Duvall. And we didn't even talk about that. That's the first time you said that was a genuine laugh you got out of me because. Uh, career Corner. Um, just uh, I thought we'd just talk about our two leads here. Uh, Daniel Daniel Kaluuya uh, nominated in this movie for uh, best supporting he, actor. Best supporting actor. They both are nominated for best he supporting actor. Won a Golden Globe Award, a Critics Choice Award already, a Screen Actors Guild Award, the British Academy Film Award, and is nominated for the Oscar. Uh, and I bring all that up because a lot of those other awards are actually good indicators of who's going to win the. Oscar? Out of curiosity, were all those awards for supporting? Um, Do you know? Yeah, I, I, okay. I think he didn't get nominated for any best actor. Like they, like it's, so it's, who's it's the like, lead in this? If they were both nominated for supporting, who's the lead they in this? Campaigned, they campaigned for him. To, I read that they campaigned for him to get the lead. But nominated for supporting? But it's up to the voters to choose whether or not they're a lead or a supporting. So half the voters thought Lakeith Stanfield was the, was the lead, and half thought yeah. <laughs> Daniel was the lead is what happened then. Yeah. Well, they both, both, so they both get not, which is kind of a damn shame because they're both fantastic. So fucking good. One of my takeaways was, where's my Fred Hampton biopic? Some people are kind of upset about that because some people tried to sell this movie as a Fred Hampton biopic, but obviously it's not at all. No, it's about the t- the tale. And actually, interestingly enough, um, it's considered a really hard movie to get made. 
um, a biopic or whatever, and they thought one of the only ways they could make, and this is sad, but they thought one of the only ways they could make this movie was by doing the angle of the, that's why they I really know. used that departed pitch. And the I reason know. behind that is, even in the movie, I mean, you heard him talk about it, I guess they did downplay some of, I mean, he was a straight up Marxist, and there's a lot of nervousness about um, portraying a Marxist. I don't know why. I think I don't. I don't think this country is becoming communist anytime soon. Some people probably disagree with me, but um, that's a lot of <laughs> the. That's a lot of the pushback as to why they don't want to make the Fred Hampton biopic. Um, I guess. I guess. I, I mean, I, I guess. I'm with you, Mark. I'm with you. Um, I mean, anything. Let's just think about it. This movie was made by. Uh, uh, all black producing crew, right? Everybody on this movie, uh, right, Jeff? Yeah, this was the yeah. first movie in Oscar history to not have a single um, white producer. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. uh, on the producing team. Yeah, and then I thought, I thought it was really interesting. I thought the whole scene. We should talk about this because I thought the whole scene where he gives a speech where he's tells him to kill the pigs right he gives that whole speech and then yeah. it happens and then he with keith stanfield like calls him out he wants to go blow something up and he's like what and he's gonna kill the pigs and he's like i didn't mean it that way i thought it was just really interesting just powerful stuff man i thought it was it, just crazy it was crazy. it really it really was it was just uh, crazy powerful stuff like just and just I, I, I love that first scene god when he's teaching politics in the classroom and he calls out Stanfield's character. He makes him do push-ups. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. I, random, random. I know that was out of nowhere, but no, no, it made no, me no, think but... of that scene. Um, those two are so good. Their careers are kind of young. It's hard for me to like deep dive too much on their careers. Is why I, I kept it kind of light. Just that I think that the futures are just so bright. I mean, the sky's the guys. limit. I mean, Daniel Kalu has already had a great career. I mean, he's got a... He's they got both a have. I mean, Stanfield. Black Panther, Queen and Slim, Judas I, and Get Out. I Stanfield's arguably in, like Stanfield's. Um, Stanfield's in Get Out. Better. What else is he in? Um, he. His biggest movie. Is Sorry to bother you, and I never saw that movie. Yeah, Uncut that's Gems. The, no, he's, he was in a really good Netflix movie about what's that love story that me and Shelley liked. He's really good in that. Great. He's been in a ton of stuff. I just yeah, he was in Uncut Gems. I I just he didn't. He's been in a ton of stuff. And yeah. but I still think I, just guy's, ha- I haven't seen a lot of it. So po- point again, but I, mean, I think sky's the limit for both of their careers. Yeah, he showed up in short. He was in the short oh, short term. The 12. photograph was really popular last year too. I heard nothing but good things about it. it was in someone great. Yeah, that's someone how his career started. Actually, was the was yeah. short term twelve, and he he was the only actor in the short that was asked back for the original, and he. Everybody thought he was a weirdo because then he decided he was going to become a method actor. So ever since Short Term 12, he tries to get like deep dive into his character. And I, what a rough character he had to deep dive into their head for this movie. Hope he's, uh, hope he's doing okay. Um, I think this movie's his coming out party. It totally is. is. Agreed. Huh. I don't think so. I, the photograph was really highly celebrated. It was, it was it was pretty, yeah, pretty big. big. Yeah, someone great was awesome too on Netflix. That's the best one of the That's best the one you're talking about. Year. Someone great. Yeah. Yep. I just I mean he's pretty well known by this point. I'll get into that too in my notes about which one? What movie? Someone great. Someone great. My wife loves that movie. So do I. Someone great. It's on Netflix. We just gave you something to watch the next time you're bored, buddy. All right, metal podium. Great, two great actors. 
there wasn't a ton to deep dive on in their careers because they're so young. I just think sky's the limit and they've just done amazing work. I still think it's awesome that Daniel Kaluuya sounds different every damn time he's on he's on the screen. Like, incredible voice work. Quick note, uh, Lakeith Stanfield and Daniel Kaluuya were in Get Out together, right? Yeah, they were, yeah. but I don't remember who Lakeith Stanfield is in Get Out. Oh, he's the guy that uh, takes the picture and he's he's the guy who's married to the older white woman and Remember, yep. Daniel Kaluuya takes a photo of him, and he gets all shocked, and he goes into his old self. Yes. He's, yeah, that's him. So I thought that was very interesting. These guys must be buddies. Well, and Ryan Coogler is one of the producers of the film. Right, which is how we decided to go with this movie. But go on, go on with the Metal Podium. The Metal Podium. Mark, you've already given yours away. Go ahead. Mm, but have I is the question. Bronze Metal, Agent Roy Mitchell, Jesse Plemons... Come to the come to the medal stand, Jesse Plemons. Silver medal goes to one Deborah, played by Dominique Fishback. There you go, Miss Deborah and uh, Lakeith. As much as I love you, buddy, uh, you didn't make my podium, babe. And gold goes to one Daniel Kaluuya for his portrayal of Fred Hampton, and he was just charismatic. Stole every scene he was in, and like I said, give me that biopic because he was awesome. But only give it to me if he's playing it. <laughs> At this point, I don't want it if anyone else is playing Fred Hampton. So mm-hmm. This is yeah. true, actually. I'll have a hard time seeing anybody else as Fred Hampton. Like, it, which that's is, when you know I it's almost a, wanna, that's a I testament want, to a performance. It is, yeah. and I almost want to go back and watch Chicago 7 again just to remind myself who played Fred Hampton and who that character was in Chicago 7. Because uh, I know he was one of the seven, but I don't remember. No, it was the other leader. Of um, it was the guy that it's the guy that um stand it's the guy that Fred Hampton replaces as the leader because he gets killed oh. in Chicago Seven. <laughs> oh okay, okay. Like, we literally got a history of how our F- the FBI decided they were basically going to kill every leader of the Black Panthers. Yeah, no kidding, huh? Wow. Like, and up until this year, Forrest Gump made us think that they were awful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's all Forrest Gump. All right, boys. What's your medals going to, Nico? Uh, I'm going to give Jesse Plemons one just because I love the idea that he'll get a medal before Matt Damon on our pod. <laughs> you know, so. Jimmy Kimmel should listen to this. <laughs> I'm giving him Jesse Plemons the bronze. And I actually, I think it's a dead weight tie. I'm going to give Lakeith Stanfield the silver. But I think in any other movie besides what Daniel Kaluuya just pulled off would have been the gold. So obviously Daniel Kaluuya is going to get the gold. I think they're pretty, they're toe to toe here and pretty much evenly matched. But just phenomenal acting, and that's what carried a lot of what didn't work for me in this movie. So, what, wait, what do you mean carried what didn't work? Well, the, the the choppiness and the oh, because saying, they like, were the, so the good, the movie worked just overcame because... everything else. Yeah, gotcha, 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 gotcha. I, I, I actually agree, Nick. Uh, no, I'm with you. I think we all agree that we had major issues with this movie, but because of those two, but the performance well, actually, like for me, it's the level. four. To me, it's all four of those leads. They. No, a hundred percent agree. So. This is I'm gonna I'm doing your I'm making your move, Mark, and I've got to do an honorable mention because the four leads were just so damn good in this movie. Uh, Jesse Plemons is my honorable mention, though. Agent um, Roy Mitchell, come on down, buddy. He's damn good. But don't get on the stage. Stay off to the side. You're ah, only getting an honorable mention on Jeff's stage. He just got uh he just got edged out got by uh, Dominic Fishback, who just is just oh my god, she's just awesome in this movie. Uh, I she's my bronze. I'm going to um, throw a curveball at you both because Daniel Kaluuya is my silver. 
Oh. He's awesome in this movie. I kind of agree. I, I see him as Fred Hampton now. But Bang, Lakeith bang. Stanfield is on another level. His reactions, the way he plays, tries to play too cool. I know what's going on in his head based on how he's acting, not even what he's saying, almost the entire movie. And he plays just different emote. It's, it is a next level performance. And uh, like, but I kind of agree with what you said, Nick. It's not like he doesn't blow Daniel away by any means. I would say all four of these guys are actually like so damn close. But the two leads, Lakeith and Daniel, are just, it's neck and neck. Lakeith is Lakeith's performance is somewhat tainted for me just because of the whole stupid seventeen too old. year old thing. Ah, it's fair, and it's not his fault because he's great. He's amazing, but that's the only reason I took him off my podium. Originally, he was on my podium, and then I read the history, and I was like, oh, "What? Yeah, interesting." And it's not even Lakeith. It's like I said, it's not his fault because the story is so accurate. That's what amazes me so much about the whole story. It just changed. Jeff, I, I think I totally think you just worded everything I said better. Like, it's totally, I can see now where I kind of want to go back and change my medals, too. I can totally okay. see that. So, Lakeith gets Nico's gold as well. Yeah, maybe. Good work, man. Like, seriously, I, I get that. I'm just, like, thinking over the scenes right now that you're talking about. I'm like, he's totally right. So, that's only happened one other time. Ah, I love it. All right, what time bang, is bang. it, guys? It's time for some midnight ponderings, I think. Nico's already asleep, so I don't know if you got any for us, Jeff. <laughs> I'm pondering through midnight right now about this movie. Technically, just, it is a midnight pondering. Just a couple. Uh, is is it legal to use a 17-year-old as an informant? Yeah, I, yeah Maybe it shouldn't mind-boggling be. mind-boggling to me. Mind-boggling. <laughs> um, why is this case not the poster child for the NRA? Isn't this movie basically the narrative of that they always push forward about why guns are important in case in case the government unlawfully breaks into your house and starts shooting at you. That was a sneaky, sneaky uh, pondering because I know the answer to that. <laughs> that one took me a second. <laughs> the the uh, Black Panthers actually pushed in the 60s. Um, there was a bunch of laws passed in California against uh, gun gun rights. Uh, and the reason for them passing was the uh, tendency of the Black Panthers to carry guns around to protect themselves from the police. And they, they petitioned the NRA and asked them to come to their defense and fight those laws. And they received nothing but silence from the NRA. And the NRA didn't fight one gun law passed in response to Black Panthers carrying guns, which says what it needs to be said about the NRA. They were thinking they had the Forrest Gump version of Black Panther. <laughs> they did. <laughs> um, that's is, all I got. Is for, wait, is Forrest Gump where you learned about the Black Panthers? Be honest, because it was for me. Yeah, of course it was. For I, me, I, I mean, for I sure. loved history. I, how I read about, him in, I read about we, him in books, but literally history. Forrest book. Gump was, what year did Forrest Gump come out? 92, right? 94. 94. Best picture 94. 94, 94 yeah. yeah, so it came out in 93. So I was First 11. time I saw him on screen. <laughs> I was 11 sure. years old. So yeah, that's when I learned about Black Panthers because I wasn't learning about Black Panthers in elementary school. So yeah, for sure. That was when I first learned about Black Panthers. I was like, whoa, Tom Hanks hung out with them. Tom Hanks hung out with them. <laughs> yeah. uh, Sorry I ruined your Black Panther party. I remember. <laughs> I, I just remember in history books literally saying they were, they were a radically violent group. And I didn't remember reading anything about free and reduced lunch programs, so... 
Eh, just I didn't see that. Super, memo. super interesting the way our history books memo. are written. Uh, uh, and that's all I got as far as ponderings go. Uh, my only pondering was how good is this movie if Martin Scorsese directed it? I feel like that was a really good story and had really good. I feel like. Lead what about Ryan Coogler? I thought Coogler yeah. would knock this out of the park. I think so too. I, when, when I originally agreed to do this movie, I thought he directed it. And then I was so sad in the credits when I saw it. I told Nick. I told Mark not to tell you, Nick. You serious, you <laughs> yes. pricks. We had agreed we shouldn't go back on this. Aren't you glad? Out. Aren't you glad you saw it? Um, I am actually. I am. I have no. <laughs> I have no complaints about us potting about okay. this. But you bastards definitely tricked me. Well, we didn't intentionally trick you. It was unintentional. Oh, you mean you saw it in the credits too, and you're like, wait no, a minute. No, no, we we found out after we had decided to do the movie, but Correct. before we watched it. Correct. So. Um, but no, not necessarily Martin Scorsese, just kind of any director. That was my biggest takeaway. The, the director of this movie, he'd only done one other film, and it yeah. was a few years ago. And, and and so I just feel like this movie could have been so much better. That oh, agreed, agreed. Like, who could have made this movie? Who could have escalated this movie into great? I think it's like, I think it's an A-, minus and it could have been like an A+. plus Because how often do you get basically the plot, the plot of The Departed? Only a true story about social injustice in America. Like, it, like, this thing was teed up to be a home run. And the actors delivered. Those were all home run performances. What did we miss, Nico? <laughs> uh, so Lakeith Stanfield was against playing William O'Neill. And he actually thought he was, he was actually going to play Dan O'Kaluuya's parts. And it wasn't until he saw the HBO documentary that it became. Yeah, that movie, this movie fucked him up. He had to go see a therapist. Are you serious? Well, because yeah. he, he becomes he had to go a method. See a therapist because of what it did. He's a him. method actor. That's funny you say that, Mark. Because my comment earlier, I was like, I hope he's doing okay after this movie because yeah. he made the choice when he did Short Term Twelve. Yeah. When he did the real version, he's like, all of my favorite actors are method actors. God, you know what? I'm, I'm hold on. I'm going back in time here. This is real choppy, and I'm sorry, listeners, but I got it. Agent Roy, you're off the podium. Lakeith, you're on. You get the bronze. Boom! Jesse Plemons. Oh. He went from <laughs> two medals to no medals. Poor, you know, he's still got one from oh. Nico, but poor man's poor man's Matt Damon. He's he's just he's only getting one medal. Oh man! <laughs> I, got, I gotta go, Lakeith. I forgot about the the guy. The guy was so beat up from this character that he had to seek therapy. He's got to get a bronze at least for that. You gotta earn a medal for that guy. Yeah, I know. I totally agree. And he actually thought he was gonna be playing Fred Hampton. So imagine somebody—he's getting all these scripts. He's up and coming in Hollywood, and they're like, "Hey, do you want to play Fred Hampton?" He's like, "Sure, let me meet the guy." And then they show up, and they're like, "Hey, you're actually not gonna play this guy." He gets to play that. He was getting to play one of the most like historic, like famous, like African American leaders, uh, in the of the last like. uh, 50 or 60 years or whatever and then they're like no we want you to play the guy that betrayed <laughs> the yep. judas yeah yeah we're gonna have you betray him are you okay with that does that work for you all footage um was actually the eyes on the prize all the archival footage was was faked in in post-production too interesting that was very interesting yeah that is interesting okay okay yeah but um so you complained about the score the soundtrack earlier jeff uh-oh. They actually originally <laughs> planned to score it. They wanted a whole studio with a bunch of jazz musicians, and they were that was actually going to be one of the most important parts of the movie. But because of COVID, they couldn't do it. 
They basically so, had to wing it. <laughs> so it could have been. <laughs> so, so just Another during transitions, more... they had some random horns blow noises out. Oh man, Mark, that's one more reason they could have taken this from an A minus to an A plus. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Jesus. COVID, COVID, really COVID, COVID fuck this movie. Uh, I have one thing you might have missed. I, I thought I'd bring it up real quick. Just thought it's, we definitely have to mention in this movie. Um, the producer that financed the majority of this movie, movie producer Charles King, uh, worked his way up from the mailroom at William Morris to become one of the first African-American agents at that agency, the biggest uh, talent agency oh, that's in right. Hollywood. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, uh, work, he was there. He produced Fences. And well, no, could, they broke off. He broke off and created a company, production company correct. called Macro. Thank you, Mark. And Macro's first film was Fences, yep. which hit a home run because Denzel Washington gets nominated for Best Actor and Viola Davis wins an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. And then they do Mudbound, which hit it big with the Academy. So basically this whole production company is all about making diverse films, culturally relevant films for diverse audiences, basically. Trying to realize that America is the melting pot and we need more films for America and every up up and coming like black like uh, black actors like they did they're dying to work with this agency and yeah. it's just it was a really cool story that I thought was worth mentioning it was a cool story and it's it's and he it's a, it's a really good thing for the black community to be proud of and as a whole and it's very it's something very positive for them moving forward so and that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to grow the inner city black communities into the film industry, essentially. And by, all of us, because now we all know that diverse films. Now we all know what a real Black Panther party is, not what we saw on Forrest Gump. Exactly right. It's true. Oh man, <laughs> Nico, final thoughts. You know, this is one of the only movies where I was—I don't know what they call it when they just give you the summary of what happened after the movie, but. And the epilogue, or I don't know. I was so fascinated by the fact that he killed himself, and that was really the hard part of this movie to process. Really, and I've never seen that in the final thirty seconds of a movie, right? When they tell you what happened, because again, I walked into this knowing nothing. So, and, that, and, you, and you didn't know he was seventeen until we just talked about it, right? It makes it even worse knowing that he killed. Himself. I think the majority of this pod is going to be us reliving movies that we have loved and spent our whole lives. Loving, but I, I really kind of enjoy this process of discovering things you never would have seen at all. You know, and I realize it's a small part of it, but I'm totally down for it. And totally down to do it with you guys, right? And yeah, absolutely. I mean, sometimes they're gonna, sometimes they're gonna be home runs, sometimes they're not. And I think this was, you know, definitely a, you know, more than a ground rule double. I don't know if it was a grand slam, but I, definitely it, a triple. And I think it, obviously the acting, but I hope they keep making movies like this because I think they're important. Agreed. And I, I think, think they say a lot. Important. Yeah. For sure. Final thoughts, Jeff. Yeah, um, just uh, completely agree on the importance of these kind of movies. Uh, a lot of, and for a lot of Americans and just people in the world, the only reason the way they know things like this happen is by is through the movies, which is why sometimes I'm a huge harp on historical accuracy, because being that that is the only way lens that people see these things through, I think it's important they get it. And this movie does that pretty. Uh, we harped on the 17th thing, but for the most part, they got most everything right. They. A story that I was actually expecting to have been exaggerated because it was so terrible really wasn't... The, the only exaggeration, actually, was that it was even more terrible than it came off on screen with him being 17. So, powerful stuff. Nick, you nailed it with the uh, credits at the end. Those knocked me, like... 
Not they don't do that all the time for me, but those really knocked me on my back. Uh, especially about him like committing suicide and just it uh just it was just a real devastating feeling. Uh, right. The way they closed that movie out. And, and just to, to read it, it reminds me of um, Paranormal Activity when you find out what happens to Micah weeks later. You're like, whoa, right? But it's not since then until now have I, have I actually felt that way. With everything Coogler's doing, uh, the Black Panther movies, Get Out, um, this film, uh, this new production company, I think it is a cool, exciting time for uh, African-American talent and actors. And I'm, I'm looking forward to the majority. We just... Talk uh, actually all four the three African American leads and then Jesse Plemons. I'm looking forward to seeing what all of them do in the future. Uh, and good film, Mark. Well, other than just you know finding out we had a connection between Judas and the Black Messiah and Paranormal Activity, my final thoughts would be this was a fun fun uh, trip down history lane for me because I didn't know any of this so. <laughs> I always like it when I get a history lesson, whether it's, you know, happy or unhappy. It's not like this was an exciting ending. That's obviously not the case. But I knew nothing of this. So I like a good history lesson. I'm in that category of sometimes, you know, not knowing things until you see a movie about it. So uh, especially from things in our past. But I know you're the history buff, Jeff. And I knew when you said it was so accurate that I knew that you would automatically be a fan of this movie once you saw that so i'm glad we all liked the acting i'm all glad we i'm glad we all enjoyed it for the most part overall and we're all excited for what the future holds for all of these people and hopefully the director does some more movies and doesn't wait like eight years between movies so shaka king let's go get some more movies because you did good and you you know you're almost there in my opinion you're on your way buddy but uh daniel kaluuya yeah you commanded the whole screen kudos to you and lakeith stanfield you made the podium Way to go. And Dominique, can't wait to see you in something. I'm really excited what she does next. I'm, she was the most memorable excited for me for that, just Mark, because I haven't seen her ever. So she she just stood out to me. But, hey, this was, uh, we had a, we had a blast, like we said. So sometimes we, like Nick said, sometimes we, we're going to do new movies on this thing and, uh, and they're either going to work or not. I think this works. So, hey, on behalf of Nick and Jeff and myself, Thanks for listening, everybody, to another edition of Movie Tales. We'll see you again. Take care.